sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Blessed Lord and Father, we have assembled in your name and in fellowship with one another. Enable us by your grace to offer the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, to proclaim and respond to your holy word. Teach us to pray for your world and your church. Grant that we, confessing our sins, may worthily offer to you our souls and bodies as a living sacrifice, and eat and drink of your spiritual food in this holy sacrament. Amen. The College of Purity, Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Thank you. 
scripture reading is taken from Jeremiah chapter 18 verses 1 to 11. Here begins the first verse. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Can I not do, do with me with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord. Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. At one moment I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. But if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will change my mind about the disaster that I intended to bring on it. And at another moment, I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plan it. But if it, but if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will change my mind about the good that I had intended to do to it. Now therefore, say to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, Look, I am a potter shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Turn now, all of you, from your evil way and amend your ways and your doings. The word of the Lord.
Good morning, church. The scripture reading is taken from Philemon chapter 1, reading from verse 1 to verse 22. Here beginneth the first verse. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, in, in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet, the love's sake, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such an one as Paul the aged, and now also as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I must have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is mine own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou shouldest receive him forever. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother, beloved specially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me, therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee, art put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience that I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do even more than I say. But withal prepare me also a lodging, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. This is the word of the Lord.
Christopher Crispin Gums come to share the word with us. I will share um, a short bio um, about him. The Reverend Deacon Crispin Gums is 50 years old and he is the seventh of eight siblings and was born on the beautiful island of Anguilla. He has lost two of his siblings older brothers, one in 2017 and one in 2020. At the age of 18, he joined the Royal Anguilla Police Force and remained there until his retirement in 2020, after 30 years of service to his country and its people. At the time of his retirement, he would have attained the role of an inspector. In 1999, Reverend Gums married his beautiful and supportive queen, Diane, and they have two wonderful, handsome, and talented sons, Damari, Damari and DeAndre, aged 19 and 16, respectively. His family is presently living in the UK where his boys are attending university and college. Upon his retirement in 2020, Reverend Gums moved to the UK where he studied for two years for a Bachelor's of Arts in Theology, Mission and Ministry at the Wycliffe Hall, Oxford, which he completed earlier this year. 
Reverend Gomes has been a Christian from the age of 15. He has been serving for the Lord from the early age as a server and later, later as a lay preacher in his home parish of Pro Cathedral of St. Mary's with St. Augustine and St. Andrew, which, has been, which he has been for over 22 years. His home church, however, is St. Augustine Anglican Church, which is in the East End. His love for Christ and for the church and the people has been, driving, has been a driving force for his commitment to mission and ministry. He is looking forward with much anticipation to working with the church here in Nevis, and more specifically, here in the parish of St. George with St. John's, in realizing God's plan and his purpose for all. He knows that he will be here for quite some time, I didn't know that, but he said that. He knows he will be here for quite some time. And so, as time goes by, through various opportunities, you will get to know a lot more about him, as we all will get to know each other. So, the congregation here at St. George, I would like to introduce you and welcome our new deacon, Reverend Crispin, Good morning, church. I am indeed happy to be here, and there are a couple of reasons why I'm happy to be here. One of them is that I understand and I have experience for myself that divisions are wonderful people. That is the first reason I'm here. I've been here a couple of years ago to AYTA. Many of you who are, were AYTA members, and my good friend Devon here, we were in AYTA at some point in time together. And so I know a few people in Nevis as well. And as he clearly stated, I'm looking forward to us working together to realize what it is God has in store for us here in Nevis. And so I thank God for the opportunity to be here to serve you as your deacon, and hopefully with God's grace and mercy as your uh, priest. This morning I chose to use for my theme, I think something isn't right here, is it me or is it the mic? Uh, our epistle from Philemon chapter 1. Philemon chapter 1, verse 8. Oftentimes when we read the very small book of Philemon, we are always We are always consumed with the fact that Philemon seemed to have supported, I mean Paul seemed to have supported the fact that slaves were okay. We often ask why did Paul not condemn uh, Philemon for having Onesimus as a slave. But this morning I want us to have a little look at a part of that passage which speaks to Paul's compassion. And I want us to take a look 
my previous job in Angola, as Devon Price clearly stated, I'm 30 years of policing. It wasn't unusual for me to stop on the roadside when I was out and about and have a conversation with um, persons who were destitute and persons who were living on the road, persons who didn't have anybody. Uh, I often stopped and I had conversations with them. And just to let them know that they recognize somebody sees them and somebody wants to go there. And my colleagues will oftentimes wonder, what am I doing? Why are you doing that? Why are you speaking to this person? Why are you speaking to that person? And I go a step further to say that they thought that you know something was wrong with me for doing that. However, in Paul's epistle today, he writes this single letter to Philemon. Can you take out the song? I think I received loud enough for it while you hear In today's epistle, Paul writes this single letter to Philemon. He refers to Philemon as his brother, and no doubt this was his brother in Christ. And we soon learn that this letter to Philemon concerns a runaway slave by the name of Onesimus. We have no clue why Onesimus ran away in the first place, but Onesimus found himself in a very bad place. Because back then, in the Roman, under Roman law, there was no limit to the punishment that the owner of a slave could do to a runaway slave. And Onesimus realized and knew then that he was in grave trouble. But he finds himself in prison with no one else but Paul. And at the time, Paul was this person who was moving thither and forth spreading the good news of Christ to whomever. And indeed, Paul would have been preaching to those in the prison at the time. We don't know if Onesimus remembered Paul. We don't know if Onesimus saw Paul or heard of Paul. But we knew that Paul had a connection with Philemon because he spoke of him in the introduction of the letter. Onesimus was a slave of Philemon. And it's highly possible that Onesimus would have seen or heard Paul at some point in time on a visit to Philemon's home, either preaching or having a conversation. But you see, when Paul seemingly recognized where Onesimus was, he, again, as I said earlier, did not condemn the fact that slavery was wrong, and many people felt that Paul should have done that. In Galatians chapter 3, we read Paul says that, um, Paul says um, there is neither slave nor free, which means that we shouldn't be slaves, or there should not be slaves. But in his letter to Philemon, he does not make that clear. As a matter of fact, he leaves it up to Philemon and his conscience to make a decision on whether or not and his relationship with God, and whether or not slavery was right or wrong. Paul also in Ephesians chapter 4 and 32 encouraged the people of Ephesus to be kind and compassionate to one another. He encourages us to show the same love and compassion that God shows to us to others. 
And we note he does not classify who, who he simply says to others. Paul does not say, be kind and compassionate to your church members, those who go to church with you. Be kind and compassionate to your family members. Be kind and compassionate to your co-workers. He says, be kind and compassionate to others. And too often, we as people, I'm not going to say Christians just yet, but we as people choose who we want to be kind and compassionate to. And the word of God is clear to us that we are to be kind and compassionate to others. And others will mean any and every person that we meet, we see, we greet, we work with, we come into contact with on a day-to-day -day basis. And so Paul finds Onesimus and understands his situation, and because of his compassion, which is the sympathetic pity and concern for the suffering and misfortunes of others, where he desires to help Onesimus in the unfortunate situation that we are in, Paul is motivated to take action. Paul was moved with compassion to help Onesimus. Throughout scripture, we read about Jesus being in the very same position as Paul. Jesus himself, on many occasions, acted as a result of compassion. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, we read, on seeing the multitude, he was moved with compassion. In Mark chapter 1, then Jesus moved with compassion. In Mark chapter 6, when he came out and saw a great multitude, he was moved with compassion. And in Luke chapter 7, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And so Jesus was moved with compassion, and there are several other passages in Scripture which tells us that. And so what does compassion mean to us today, those of us who profess to be Christians, those of us who tell others that we are Christians because we love God? What does compassion do? What does it mean for us? The first thing is, compassion draws us into action. Compassion draws us into action. Compassion causes us to take steps to help others. The story of the Good Samaritan, a story that many of us are all too familiar with, this story is one of those stories that demonstrates to us how compassion compels us into action. I use the word compel because those of us who are compassionate does not have any other desire or option other than to take action when we see people suffering, when we see people in unfortunate circumstances. As Christians, compassion compels us to do something about it. While others may pass on the other side, the persons who are filled with compassion take action. When we read the story of the Good Samaritan, we understand that there were those who passed on the other side. But this person, the least of all the persons that were going to pass by on that day to do something because of compassion, did what he thought was right, and that was to help. Compassion causes us to take actions when we see unfortunate situations and when we see injustice around us. And there are always, always 
injustice in our society. There are always people who are either taken advantage of, who are either walked upon, who are either kicked to the rear of the line in our society for no other reason other than injustice. And how many of us, how many of us who profess to be Christians are willing to take action and say something about that? Compassion causes us to step in when we see people doing wrong to others. I remember on one occasion, I took one of those destitute persons to the senior citizen home, and I gave him a bag, and I put a clean set of clothes on him, and I took him back home. Again, why did you do that? Why was that necessary? Don't all of us have an, our right to be clean and tidy in society? Don't all of us have a right to look acceptable in society? Why then do we look down on persons in those situations? Why then do we try and scramble away from those persons and have no contact whatsoever with them when we meet them? Of course, you may say, Rev, some of those people, they hit you, they kick you, they do all kinds of things. And I agree with you. So a sense of caution needs to be there. But there are those who are looking for help. There are those who are willing to accept help. Why aren't we taking the time to help them? The good Samaritan sprung into action when he saw that man on the side of the road. He took him to a place, paid for his care and his stay until he was able to carry himself again. The second thing is, compassion does not allow us to think of the risks involved in helping others. Compassion does not allow us to think of the risks involved in helping others. Many of us have read about a lady called Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was a nun, a Catholic nun, that started a charity which eventually grew into a huge organization in her hometown. She took care of orphans, of sick people, the blind, the homeless, the crippled, those with HIV, lepers, and all sorts of persons in her community that were less fortunate and not able to help themselves. Even when Mother Teresa's health was failing her, even to the very end, Mother Teresa was found on the streets of Calcutta helping people who could not help themselves. And many persons, no doubt, would have wondered, why was she doing that? She's ill, she's dying, why is she still out there? It was because of her compassion for people. She forgot herself and thought of others. She did not even look at the risk that she was taking dealing with all of these ill persons in society. And we often expose, or she often exposed herself to the possibility of contracting some of the same illnesses that she came into contact with. Like her, the Good Samaritan did not allow the risk of he himself becoming a victim of robbery. Steps from, stopped him from taking steps and helping the person on, on the side of the road. Paul also did not allow the risk of him being associated with clean on behalf of a runaway slave, prevent him from standing up for that runaway slave. The fact remains, 
that people did not associate themselves with runaway slaves in those days because the same treatment that that slave was going to get, you would get as well. Paul did not allow that to prevent him from helping Onesimus. The third thing, compassion does not allow us to discriminate. Compassion does not allow us to discriminate. That is something that, as Christians, many of us struggle with. When we are compassionate, my friends, there's no room for discrimination. Paul made, made it clear in Ephesians chapter 4 and 32, be ye kind and compassionate to one another. As I said earlier, Paul does not talk about color or creed. He does not talk about black or white. Paul does not talk about race. He does not talk about sexual orientation. He talks simply about others. And too often we put up these, these um, gauges in our lives that prevents us from being who God really wants us to be in this world. And so we tell ourselves, I am not associating with this person. I am not associating with that person. I will never help. I will never. God does not expect that. Look at Jesus and his life. When Jesus walked the earth, there were people who people thought Jesus should not associate with. He associated himself. And Jesus' life must be an example for us. Too often, we are motivated to help others because of who they are because of where they come from, and we are never motivated to help people because of compassion. And because of that, too often we help those who really don't need help. Because we choose to help people because of who they are, where they come from, and who they belong to, we oftentimes do not help the people that really need our help in society. But compassion calls us to help those who are sick, those who are hungry, those who are in trouble, those with disabilities, diseases, death, pain, poverty, suffering from violence. Friends, when we see these individuals because of our compassion, we are motivated to help, to alleviate, or to reduce the impact of their situation. What about you and I today? What is our response today when it comes to compassion to others? Are we so in love with God that his spirit rules in our heart? Are we so in love with God that our hearts are filled with compassion that we are ready to take on and stand in for those who are in need of our help, our support, regardless of the risk or the implications? Or are we like the Levite, the priest, in the story of the Good Samaritan, so caught up with ourselves, our image, and our fake religion, that we rather see those who are suffering and afflicted continue to suffer and to be afflicted, and we do nothing about it, simply because we fail to take action. And what about you young people this morning? He can't be talking to us. Well, yes, I am talking to you. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit more now. You can be compassionate as well. You can show compassion. And I say to you this morning, we are happy that our young people are here and you've 
come to give God thanks and praise for the year that is past, and you're asking his blessings and his glory and his guidance and direction as you go into the new year, but you have a responsibility as God's children to be a light in your school and in your community. Just as every other one of us have a responsibility to be compassionate, you too have a right to be compassionate. But how can you show compassion? As you go back to school, remember there are students in your school who may not be as fortunate as some of you are. And when I talk about being fortunate, there may be students in your school who may have disabilities. There may be students in your school who may have illnesses. There may be students in your school who are hungry. There may be students in your school who are single-parented. And you can show compassion to them by simply being a friend. A lot of times, young people who, are, who have disabilities, who are ill, who are hungry, single-parented, they are often conned, they are often ridiculed, they are often taken advantage of by others, and you can show your compassion by standing next to that person and letting them know With those persons, your pencil, your pen, your eraser, whatever it is that you may have that that person does not have, you can show compassion by sharing with them. And I even go a step further and say, you can show compassion to them by even sharing your lunch with them. You have a responsibility on behalf of God's church to be lights in your school where students make teachers' lives miserable, where students also make the lives of other students miserable. You can be the light that says that is not right, that says you should not do that, that says you must love that person just how you love yourself and how you love your family and your friends. To all of us this morning, God is expecting us to be filled with compassion to the point in our lives where we do for others as we will do for ourselves. God expects us to be compassionate to the point where we, when we see injustice in our societies, to stand up and say something about it. I want to commend an organization. Just yesterday, I was um, flipping through the television, trying to get a custom fit, and I saw what appeared to be an opening ceremony for something, and I started looking at it, only to learn that it's something that happened in March, on March 7, 2022. But it's an organization called SIS. Anybody know about that organization, SIS? Yeah? I saw that. And I was moved, because here in the in Nevis, there are people who are concerned with what is happening in the lives of women and young women. And I, am, I was so moved that there's an organization that is willing to help women in this society get some kind of help and support for their situation. And it is only a heart of compassion that brings people together in such a way to give to others. And I say to you this morning, here at St. John, be the difference. Be the person in your community that is different. Be the person in your community that stands out for those who cannot for themselves. Be the person in your community 
that looks out for the poor, the downtrodden, the sick, and the shutting. When you do that, you are fulfilling your purpose that God has to be here and us to love each other. As we know our faith by singing the words of the Nicene Creed, hymn number 561, 561. God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory to the world. Lord, in your mercy, guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace. 
that we may honor one another and serve for the common good. Lord, in your mercy, give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, bless all the Bless all whose lives are closely linked with us and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and, and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your sins in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. On page 122, prayer number 5, on page 122. Hasten, O Father, the coming of your kingdom, and grant that we, your servants, who now live by faith, May with joy behold your Son at his coming in glorious majesty, even Jesus Christ, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us therefore confess our sins by using Form A. Together, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and one another in thought, word, and deed, in what we have left undone. We are sorry and repent of all our sins. For your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life. To the glory and honor. Amen. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins, and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known in us in your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. On page 125, Farm B, stand and sit together. If you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Also with you. You shall extend the greeting of peace. Good morning, church. Welcome all to this worship today. Do we have any visitors? Next Sunday, 11 September, the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. Sorry. 
Can you please tell us your name and where you're from? Yes, good morning, church. Uh, thank you for your warm reception. My name is Neville Tyrrell. I am actually from the small but beautiful island of Bermuda. And I'm presently here celebrating, my wife and I are celebrating our anniversary and being hosted by our kind and compassionate cousins, Yvonne and Alfred Tyrrell. I should also add, uh, if you don't mind, that I'm, I'm presently an elected member of Parliament in Bermuda. I'm the parliamentary secretary for transport. I'm quite enjoying myself. I'm enjoying myself in the island as well because I'm very familiar with it because I spent most of my summers uh, between uh, primary school and high school right here in Gingerland down the road to the port. So I'm very happy to be amongst you all. Thank you. So he's visiting from Bermuda. Next Sunday, the 11th Sunday, sorry, the 14th Sunday after Pentecost, service will be at 7 a.m. Also, NTV will be broadcasting at the service. On September 18, it will be in our independent service, and parishioners are asked to wear a color or colors from our national flag. On October 2nd, the Nevis Teachers Union will be worshiping here with us at St. George. The bulletins this month are sponsored by Denrick and Shelley Lybird in honor of God's continued goodness and grace that he has bestowed on their family throughout the year. We do appreciate the support shown for the church by the continued sponsorship of the bulletin throughout the year. We extend heartfelt thanks to all who played a part in the service this morning, as well as those who assist on a weekly basis in the preparation of the church for worship. As you pray this week, remember the sick and the housebound, as well as those who may be in any pain or grief. Their names are listed in the bulletin. In our prayers this week, let us remember our Bishop Ernest Fleming and all other diocesan servants throughout the diocese. Readers for next Sunday are as follows. Old Testament, Sheila Evelyn. New Testament, Juliet Claxton. Intercessor, Warren Moving, And Notices, Denrick Lybird. We say congratulations to all those who will celebrate birthdays or anniversaries this week. Sheila Evelyn and Archdeacon Isaiah Phillip will celebrate their birthday on Tuesday, September 6th. If anyone else is celebrating, please come forward for a blessing.
thank you for your sister Juliet this morning as she comes to give you thanks for yet another year. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will touch her, heal her of any illnesses she may have, or any concerns she may have in her life, dear Lord. We pray for her family and for those whom she loves and care, care for. Pray, Lord, that you will go with her as she leaves here this morning and be with her in her life. In Jesus' name I pray. church do continue to have a wonderfully blessed week okay good morning to everyone okay quickly um, as we continue to raise funds for church projects we have planned for September 18 after the service here St. George a sale of independence sweet treats and more sale of independence sweet treats and more. And the items include single tarts, conkeys, cakes, cassava bread, coconut rolls, potato pudding, sugar cake, and we are looking for the sugar cake expert who is in the congregation. We're not sure who that person is, but you can identify yourself at the end of the service. And also, we are looking for the peppermint expert. We want some peppermints as well. Now, we're going to be having also saltfish cakes. And we are looking for donors, all right? And if you want to donate just about two packs of saltfish, you can just, um, you know, talk to Miss Foy, all right? All right, she'll be doing the saltfish cakes. All right, now we're going to be having also a variety of local drinks, strictly local. And the list include Moby and Sorrel. Okay, now we're going to have a lot of conkeys and cassava bread. Alright, and you can place your orders ahead of time, um, you know, starting this week, going into next week, and the pricing will keep in the region of $5. Alright, that's reasonable, and, and it's VAT free. Okay, alright. <laughs> now, potatoes, right, we, we have in the potato pudding, we have in the conkeys, um, and you know, we use a lot of sweet potatoes. So, if you can donate a pound or two of sweet potatoes, okay, please let us know. All right? So that's planned for September 18th, sale of independence, sweet treats. Thank you very much. And now we celebrate our children going back to school. And um, I would like to give honor and thanks to those persons who would have contributed towards the back to school packages that the children will be receiving um, this morning. When I hear about some of the other places that are having back-to-school um, treats and so forth, and I look at the packages that we're giving, I say, wow, we're doing well. So thank you, everyone. Um, the church really had to spend any money in relation to um, contributing towards the effort and I just want to say thanks to everyone who made the con contribution. And if any time any of you are traveling and you see things that you can pick up that we can put within the back-to-school um, packages, even if it's a year off from now, please do so and, and, and bring those streets back so that we can have our children going back to school. Very good. So we're going to have just um, a few items. A poem by Kanak. Can, can I Grant, 
Kanaila Grant poem. Sculptors. I dreamed I stood in a studio and watched two sculptors there. The clay they used was a young shy's knife and they fashioned it with Kia. One was a teacher, the two she used were book, music, and art. The other, a parent, worked with a guiding hand and a gentle, loving heart. Day after day, the teacher toiled with touch. That was careful, depth, and sure. Well, well, well. Thank you, Canala. I'm very good. Um, Warren will now serenade our children and our teachers on behalf of um, the parents. eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help my help cometh from the Lord the Lord which made heaven and earth he 
not suffer thy foot, my foot to be moved. The Lord which keepeth thee, he will not slumber nor sleep. Oh, the Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand, upon thy right hand. No, the sun shall not smite thee by death, nor the moon by night. He shall preserve thy soul even forevermore. My help, my help, my help, all of my help. cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord, the Lord which made heaven and earth. He said, he would not suffer thy foot, thy foot to be moved, the Lord which keepeth slumber nor sleep. Oh, the Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shed upon thy right hand, upon thy right hand. No shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. He shall preserve thy soul, even forevermore. My some pictures for the Facebook and I, I was so taken up by this song I, I, I didn't even remember to take a picture. Alright, I would want to invite all the children and all the teachers to come forward while um, Deacon Gums 
um, offer a word of prayer for them as they go back to school. So children, come forward. All the teachers in the congregation also, please come forward. Before I pray, I want us to um, commend our poet this morning. It is not easy to come up in front of a whole group of people. Sometimes I shake and I'm happy now that I'm wearing a gown so you can't always see when my knees are, are shaking. And I think she was very brave to try and try, which is very important in life. You don't just give up on the first try. So she's demonstrated to all of you here this morning that when you are doing something, you must do and do and do until you get it done. So let us give her one I don't know if this little one appears in school, but she's up here. So, yeah. All right, let us pray. God of Father, we thank you for our young people. We thank you for our teachers. And we also want to thank you for parents and caregivers this morning. We thank you, Lord, that these young persons and teachers have come to church this morning to give you thanks and to give you praise and to ask your blessings upon them as they go into the new school year. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will send down showers of blessings upon them in their lives, that those of them who are doing their CXCs this year will be successful and be able to move on to do their um, A-levels. Um, for those who are in preschool, that they will do well and go into primary school, and those who are in primary school will do well and go into secondary school as well. We pray for teachers who need patience, who need understanding, who need to be hum hum uh, humble with their students as well. We pray, Lord, that you will bless all who are involved in education, the Minister of Education, and those who work in the ministry. Give them the strength and courage to do that which they have taken in oath, or they have volunteered, or they have come forward to do. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless all that are here this morning, even those who are at home this morning, that you will touch them. And as they go back into their school, as they go into a new school year, that you will protect them, you will guide them, and you will give them the strength and the courage. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before we go back, teachers, can you assist us? We have some packages here. We have in, um, preschoolers, we have infant, and the rest, upper primary and secondary at the back. The, the, the three blue bags are six farmers. Can you assist us in distributing them to the children as they go back to their seat?
Deacon Gums, um, if you can grieve, um, give my uh, indulgence for one more moment. Um, we just want to say congratulations to um, Miss Kalia Huggins-Simmons. Kalia will be representing Nevis in the Cayman Islands next week for a Tourism Youth Congress. It's a competition, and we, she was the winner of the local leg of the competition here on Nevis. And next week, as I said, she'll be traveling all the way to the Cayman Islands um, to... Kayla, can you stand up so that they can see you? So as we wish you well in the competition and offer you a word of prayer as, as you um, go forward... Um, in that competition. It's a speech competition. So um, Kayleigh would have to um, act as though he's, she's a junior minister of tourism and debating in the house on a particular topic. So um, we have a young politicians, young politician ahead of us. So again, congratulations, Kayla. Build our school on real Lord. 
God, who our salvation gave your only begotten Son, stir us with such love towards you and each other together that we may gladly share whatever you have blessed us with. Guide and direct our lives that we may use all that we are and all that we have, life and strength, influence and love, money and time for the relief of the world's sorrow and the building of your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
communion prayer on page 147. Post communion prayer, page 147. together. Almighty Father, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. May we who share his body live his risen life. We who drink his cup give life to others. We upon whom your spirit shines give light to the world. Help us continue in faithful witness to your word. So we and all your children shall be free and the whole earth lives to praise your name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Now we pray that God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit would be among us and remain with us, and those who live, whose lives are linked with us, now and always. Amen. Session note 600.